0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Semino and Rick Summers hey hello kids
2: welcome back and even big kids show number 65 (laughs) the big kids yeah well i guess we have to count ourselves as some of the big kids too i am chris he is rick how are you
0: mr rickster you know what i'm doing pretty good i can't believe we're up to show 65 and they said it wouldn't last
2: when i'm 65 oh no that would have been last episode we should have said that when i'm 60 yeah right
0: remember when When you heard that
2: no remember when you heard that song though you thought like you know when i'm 64 oh god that'll never (laughs) happen that's a long ways away. Ooh, it's, yeah. getting, it's in it's in the scope. It's in the crosshairs now. Not good. It's
0: in the crosshairs. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So what's going on? Uh, not too much. I mean, I can't believe that Labor Day is just a couple of weeks away. Yeah. You know, kids are going back to school. I noticed like just doing shopping at, you know, wherever it is, TJ Maxx or uh Marshall's. It's like moms and dads are taking their college-age students back and buying them. Dishes and and all kinds of stuff that we used to do when we were going back to school and trying to stock apartments.
2: Yeah, a lot of the supplies, the, the more basic type school supplies, even for the younger kids I'm hearing, are in short supply because there's still issues backlogging uh, for production and transporting these goods because of COVID. And a lot of the places either closed down or partially closed down. So uh, they were saying, get it now. Don't wait until the last minute because you may be shut out. And a lot of these places just maybe finding a, a lunchbox or something or a backpack. Yeah. So, <laughs> Oh, I wanted to get a new lunchbox. The Spider-Man, the Spider-Man lunchbox. That's the best one by far. But uh... you have
0: a lunchbox when you were a kid.
2: I did not. I uh, generally, well, in the beginning, actually I used to go home for lunch, believe it or not. I went to a private Catholic school, but I was walkable, so I could I could go home for lunch until seventh grade. And then I think I just had something in aluminum foil squished in my school bag. Yeah,
0: that's pretty much it. <laughs> it was a peanut
2: butter sandwich, yeah, wrapped in some foil. That was about it. Now I didn't have a school. <laughs> did you have a lunchbox? I did, but I can't
0: remember what the heck it was. That's a thing long gone, right? And also we wanted to throw it out there and see if you have somebody that you would like to. To nominate his middle-aged warrior of the week send us an email and let us know why he or she should be our maw of the week to middle warriors at
2: gmail.com so uh again there are a lot of people doing a lot of good things especially even you know in in these times you, the stories that you hear of people really rising above the fray for lack of a better word of what we're dealing with over the last year Uh, There's some really nice stories out there, so we'd be willing to share them and put a little positive light on some positive people who are doing wonderful things. We do have a very special guest. She's returning, and uh, Rick,
0: I'll hand it up to you to introduce her. And once again, we get to welcome back to Middle-Aged Warriors, so we're all a little bit older than the last time we did this, (laughs) and that would be Three Tomatoes, Head Tomato, Lead Tomato, (laughs) Mistress Tomato, Cheryl Benton, who is a friend of the show and a friend outside of the show? Cheryl, welcome back to uh, Middle Age Warriors. We're all a little well, bit older.
1: Well, they, well, speak for yourselves. I don't, yeah. I don't get older, but that's right.
0: You're just getting, you're getting to be the tomatoes, most ripe tomato. Tomatoes
1: yeah. just get juicy. That's just, you know, yeah, yeah. that's just the way it is. But thanks for that, that very fun intro. I like
0: that. Now, one of the things uh, we want to talk about is your new book, which we will get to at some point. Um, it is called, Can You Hear Us Now? And it's the follow-up to, Can You See Us Now? And why don't you tell us a little bit about the background on those titles?
1: Well, both of the books are um, are about empa- really women's empowerment. And women in midlife who get to that point where where they suddenly hit their mid-40s or especially when they turn 50 and they start to feel a little marginalized, sometimes a little invisible, sometimes a lot of all of those. Um, And the world, it's not because they so much feel it, but the world starts looking at them differently. And it's all about these perceptions, but it's in fiction. So the first book is, can you see us now? And that's a message to everyone out there because we are here. And of course, then the follow up was, can you hear us now? So, you know, which continues the theme and continues the story of these three best friends as they navigate their way through midlife and beyond.
2: Hey, want to take a quick break, Cheryl? We've got a new sponsor I want to talk about for just a minute. So I don't know if you heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking a pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what's helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. even said i have an enormous amount of energy which is good for me it's important when working out i always need energy to level up and i really couldn't agree more with lamar and after watching him fight aaron carter in july's celebrity boxing match I think it's safe to say that balance 7 is working for him cool thing is we've got a promotion running with balance 7 right now where if you go to their website balance7thenumber7.com and use the code believe b-l-e-a-v at checkout You'll receive a free four ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at thirteen ninety-nine, dollars so I'd say it's worth it. Again, head to balance 7 number 7com and use the code B-L-E-A-V, BLEAV at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I'm going to give it a try. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. Now, most of this, or not most of it, but some of it, is based in reality your reality correct
1: well it's yeah because you're right what you know so what i know is because having done the three tomatoes for so many years i've had a chance to meet so many incredible women in their 40s 50s well into their 80s and i have really seen how phenomenal women are at really every age but it's also a very new york city centric book because it's uh, which is my world mm-hmm. <laughs> and i know all these fabulous fabulous women there and it's really inspired by so many of these these women that i that i've gotten to know who just keep going and they have so much to give and that's the story
0: you know i remember when my mom was still uh, alive and she said to me at some point this is probably 20 years ago She said, I have known my longest, oldest friend for 50 years. And that to me seemed like an eternity 20 years ago. Now, all of a sudden, it's not such an eternity as we, you know, all ratchet up these uh, these years together as friends. But um, do you find that that women friendships last longer than maybe uh, your husband's friendships with his friends?
1: I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know that they last longer. I just think they're they're kind of different, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think we've talked about this before because you guys, I I love how you're trying to you know, get guys to come out with their feelings, too. But (laughs) women just we talk about, you know, we talk about what we're feeling and what's happening and what's going on. So I think uh, we often make a different deeper connection and a deeper bond with with each other than some men do where you mm. know they're talking sports or right. news or whatever instead of what's really going on in their lives you know you ask a woman what's happening and she's going to immediately tell you right <laughs> you That's know true. why what's happening right. <laughs> Not that, no. oh everything's fine you know yeah.
2: Men, men men tend to do a little more posturing to each other And I remember reading somewhere, I don't know if it was in men's health, and they were actually talking about not even so much man-to-man, but like a a father-to-son, because it is sort of a wiring that we don't like to sit down truly, just sitting down in one place face-to-face and start bleeding on each other. However, if we're playing pool or we're doing something, we're fishing, we're out doing something else suddenly the topic, you you can bring up a much more delicate topic and men tend to open up when they're kind of in the midst of doing something. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just a, it's an emotional crutch basically is what it is. But whereas I think women can just sit down and go, oh, wait, do you hear this? You know, or, (laughs) and the tears are flying or whatever. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that because then it takes forever. You can spend a whole day together. And then you're saying goodbye in the the last 15 minutes. He's telling you, oh, by the way, I think I'm going to divorce my wife of 30 years. You're like, what?
1: Right. (laughs)
2: Huh? <laughs> you know, and that kind of stuff happens. And and yeah, I think men need to evolve further and, and emotionally and get closer to the way women tend to interact and open up with each other. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully with time when we listen to each other a little bit, a little bit and just trust and trust and trust emotions is not a sign of weakness. Trust exactly. the moment is a sense of strength, you know, so
1: and it's support, you know, both of these books really at the heart of both of them is the value of our friendships. And that when you have those bonds, you know, these people get you, your friends will get you through, they'll really help to get Mm -hmm. you through life and, and they'll be there for you. And they do have, they do have your back and in the good times and the bad times. So when you forge those deeper bonds, I think it really makes the difference in the level of the friendship.
2: Right now, you know, like, cause I'm thinking along the lines of men being emotional, the, the knock is always, well, that's weak. And, you know, it's almost feminine. Whereas, is there something equivalent the other way around for women in a relationship? Meaning, I don't know, maybe if a woman is not so emotional, does she get labeled as something? Like she's a cold, hard, you know, B word,
1: probably. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I think so. Oh, okay.
2: No, I'm asking you being in that circle more. Yeah, no,
1: I do think so, particularly in the business world. I think you see it.
0: Ah, you're right. You know, know, Chris, what is it I always say about men don't cry when they are dealing with bad news? When do they cry? When their team loses the playoffs. right when team <laughs> gets eliminated from the playoffs and the season is over and then they have to you know figure out what to do with all this spare free time and <laughs> and, and i say that half you know half joking but i also have lived that to some degree because i know what it's like to go through or into a minor depression when seemingly something gets stripped away from you but uh Mm -hmm. i I always thought that that was a funny way to look at it men will only cry when their team gets eliminated by the way the mets are on their way to getting eliminated
1: i know my husband was practically crying today so over there you go see
2: Well, they were doing it with smoke and mirrors anyway for the last two months, so we should have been happy they were in the first place that long. You know, you brought up something before, Cheryl, that was interesting because you know we've seen different types. We've seen books written this way, television shows, the new York, the New York City centric perspective that you you write these books in, and there are so many people not in New York City though who are so interested in that. I mean, think about the success of you know Sex in the City, Seinfeld. I mean, it's across the across the country, across the globe. What do you think it is about, is it is it more about the people, the attitude? What What is it about New York City that attracts other people to like, I want to get in that world. I want to see what it's like in there.
1: Well, I think, you know, it's the glamour, it's the sophistication, it's, you know, the mecca for so many, you know, amazing, you know, industries and careers, you know, media, and fashion and things that just appeal to people and say, wow, you know, I want to be in the center of that. I want to know what it's like to live in that world. I always think
0: about people who for years have watched the Thanksgiving Day Parade and, uh, you know, are sitting in the comfort of their home in in Dubuque or wherever they may be in America and looking at New York iconically and always, you know, putting its best foot forward on Thanksgiving Day. But uh, I think about people I've met who said, Yeah. After I saw New York on the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I wanted to come here and see what it was really like, if it was really like that. And Chris, that was a good question.
2: No, I mean, it's something that you hear about. And when Cheryl brought up that fact that there's you know value obviously in the story itself and the characters and but when they get tied to that New York City kind of i guess perception of hip, you know when you when you the first two words, I think you said, well it's it's glamorous, and it's this, and I thought it is uh, odd no. <laughs> that's because <laughs> we live was. here that's because we live here
1: yeah and yeah. it might be a little different right now too yeah. but uh yeah yeah definitely. but it's you know it's still exciting you know the oh, characters yeah the characters in the books they're going to all the fun restaurants and mm-hmm. the fun martini bars and you know they're wearing fabulous clothes and you know they right. live in great apartments mm-hmm. <laughs> with great views right
0: overlooking the park or wherever
1: exactly yes yes cheryl
0: i did want to ask you dedicated your book to bruce matthews can you tell us a little bit about who bruce was uh to you and how he ended up uh getting your dedication
1: Uh, well thank you so much for asking that so first of all i wrote the book during the pandemic and um I actually dedicated it to, you know, the book is about friendships and certainly during the pandemic, I think we all came to value our friendships and our connections with each other more than ever, because they really saved our sanity, you know, Zoom, thank goodness for Zoom and all Mm -hmm. the ways that we were able to stay connected with each other. So I really dedicated it to um, all of that during the pandemic and to so many people that that we lost. And my dear friend, Bruce, I've known for many, many years, wonderful, vibrant, smartest could be guy, fun, just one of those people. one of those rare people that uh, when you sit with him, he's really paying attention to you. And you know, when he asks you a question, he's actually really listening. And if he (laughs) says, How are you? He really wants the answer, you know, just one of those one of those kinds of people and just funny and witty. And sadly, he started to get um, Alzheimer's and that was starting to happen over the last few years. And that's such we've all gone through this with people, but it's so hard to see someone Mm. uh, that vibrant start to have that happen. And then sadly, he his his wife didn't want to do it, but she put him into a memory care facility and um he got COVID there and oh my and, uh, goodness yeah, yeah she died from COVID. So it was very it was tragedy on top of tragedy. Yeah. So um that was my dedication. Well it's a
2: nice gesture. Absolutely. Friend. It's a beautiful gesture to, to a friendship. Absolutely. Couldn't have been any nicer. Now in terms of the book itself, what are we what where where do, where, are the, where have the characters made a turn in this in this book? Or have they?
1: Well it's yeah, well, it's five years later. The three main characters that that we met in the first book—can you can you Susie, see us now? Or Susie Madge and, and Trish—and Trish. Right. when right. they had when they had turned fifty. Um, you know, the world was, you know, like their oyster and everything was going great. And then suddenly it wasn't. And a bunch of things happened, you know, feeling marginalized, feeling invisible. And they actually ended up starting a company because they had all these great women friends who were bolstering them on. And they're like, you know, you don't drop off the face of the earth at 50. Look at all these other great women who are older than us and doing great things. So they started a company coincidentally called the Three Tomatoes, but <laughs> to help to bring, you know, awareness and to help other women going through midlife and being cheerleaders for, for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this book, five years has now passed. And um, it starts off with Susie's husband of, of 30 some years has actually died. And um, it starts with sort of her coming back to life. And Madge, who's one of the other characters who uh, married a billionaire who's 12 years her junior Junior, and they and they they adopted two children from Ethiopia and their life was doing well. And then he decides to make a run for the Senate and it actually threatens their family. And then, and then Trish, who um, had really loved the art world, but left it in the first book because of um, a very traumatic event, is, is deciding she wants to get back into that. So there's a lot of drama going on in their lives right now. Uh, Susie actually, a lot of the book takes place on the North Fork of Long Island because Susie inherits a house there and actually runs into her first love. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, so there's a lot going on. So they kind of take their ball, their eyes off the ball with the three tomatoes. And this big company comes along and wants to acquire them. <laughs> and they become majority shareholders in the company. And that turns out to be. A very very bad mistake. So it's got a lot of things wow. going on in this in this story, it's from from you know, ages and loss, betrayal, corporate sharks. Yeah,
0: you know, <laughs> and, I will say it's interesting because Chris and I have had this very discussion before. Not so much from my perspective because I was ready to kind of step aside and uh, and move over to the slow lane. But Chris and I have talked about feeling marginalized and overlooked and passed over uh which is kind of a weird thing for men to even admit but it's something certainly you know looking at chris's career uh 24 years at nbc in new york and we can't believe at times that people just (laughs) right over their head it's as if it never happened yeah sort of as
2: if it never happened you start to feel like you're not relevant you've lost any relevance
1: Exactly. Right. well that's the like over 50 thing and, it, and it's yeah. it doesn't happen to just to just women by the way i mean mm-hmm. it's ageism still exists and particularly in careers you know i came out of advertising mm-hmm. you don't see a lot of people over 50 in the ad agency business believe yeah. me unless less they're you know at the top top chain and then the same in media and there are a lot of other professions where mm-hmm. you know where where that where that happens too and that's why it's so important that those of us who are over fifty, we really have to fight to change his perception. In fact, I'll tell you a very interesting um, little sidebar because I've been doing some speaking around this around this topic of you know the invisible woman, but ageism. And uh, not long ago, ARP uh, AARP, A-A-R-P mm-hmm. actually started looking at how people over fifty what the images that marketers were using to portray people over 50. And it was very interesting because by and large, you know, they looked, some of them looked feeble. you know, they were white hair. They were, you know, it was all of the stereotype images. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they actually formed a partnership with Getty image. And they have now created a huge library. I think it's over 1500 images now. That marketers can actually go into and tap this bat- database, showing people over fifty and beyond as the vibrant people that we are. So I I really thought that was a terrific initiative, and I think we need a lot more of that, so that you know we are betrayed the way we actually are, and that people see us the way we are, particularly younger people. So
2: yeah. I mean that, that's a that's a good stepping stone, certainly. You know we need to see more and more of that, like you pointed out. And the thing is, also over fifty doesn't mean you cannot still move the world and change the world and have an impact, not just changing your life, but I think it sort of became this concept over time that when you're 50, you don't really do anything all that important anymore. You know, (laughs) you may still be doing stuff. You may still have a career, but what you're doing, you know, you're not really inventing anything. over 50. Come on, leave that, leave that to the kids. They make the new music, the new art, the new styles. And that's bullshit. It, it really is. And because I think generationally, we don't perceive ourselves. I, I look at my grandparents. They lived in the apartment upstairs from me. My grandfather died at 64. I thought he was an old man. He wore a hat and trousers up just under his nipples. You know that kind of look. And but he, but they thought they were old. And my grandmother thought old when she was in her 60s. Right. As, as that starts to change, my dad was wearing jeans and sneakers at 81. So as as generationally that starts to change i think the ability for people over 50 to start to move and change the world hopefully is getting some momentum.
1: Yeah, I think I I, I definitely see that and there you know there are so many entrepreneurs out there who don't start businesses till they're in their 50s and mm-hmm. take their skill sets, you know, we've learned a lot along the way by the time you get to 50 or 60 or you know or or beyond and when you can take that Uh, And a lot of people have done that when they've been kind of summarily dismissed from their first careers to say, Mm -hmm. all right, what, you know, what are what's my expertise? What else can I do? And out of that have come, you know, terrific entrepreneurship opportunities and social entrepreneurs, you know, when you. Also, when you start to get older, I think so many of us really feel a sense of we really do want to give back. And, you know, maybe we were running so fast in our careers. We didn't have time to do that.
0: I'm curious if you like being a parent or a grandparent more.
1: Oh, (laughs) grandparent. I I knew knew the
0: answer to that one. (laughs) It's
2: a no brainer. (laughs) That's a no-brainer. Yeah,
1: Heads down. it's the best title in the world. It's the best job in the world. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs>
2: kind of a win-win, yeah. right?
1: It is. It it's great. Yeah, I have three of them, and they're oh, terrific. Oh wow!
2: I'm still waiting in the wings to be called Grandpa, but that's okay. I can still wait. I'm not. I'm not really in a hurry. And apparently, neither are my kids. But but uh, but that that's all I ever hear about grandparenthood is that it's the best. Because it you, is. you get to it love is. them, spoil them, become a, a rock star to them, and then you give them back. Here, they're acting up. Go home. <laughs> go exactly. back home to daddy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll But, do. you
1: know, it's an important role, too. We're talking about, you know, feeling relevant when you get older. There's no greater joy than it really than a grandparent of being able to spend time with the grandchild and actually feeling that you're helping to make a difference in their lives somehow and that you're sharing some of your life lessons with them and not in that i mean they don't sit down and say well let me tell you about when i was a kid but just being with them doing things being engaged in their lives makes a difference
0: yeah do you remember the first time the words when i was your age came (laughs) out of your mouth
1: I think I probably said that not long ago to my granddaughter as she was leaving for college. Mm. Oh.
0: <laughs> when were you my age? <laughs> when, and when, yeah. When would that have been exactly for me? Yes.
1: But, yeah. but it's, you
2: know, but it, but it is true. And I think, you know, going back to being on the other side of it, as a, as a grandparent versus being a parent to a child, the time, as you pointed out, the time you are spend, you're not distracted as a grandparent with all these other things like your job and the bills and the this and the that. You know, you're really giving your time. When you're with your grandchild, you're pretty much focused. You're dedicated to them at that moment in time. And they know that. Maybe not yes. at the moment, Maybe not right now, but I can even remember feeling that. I'd go upstairs and hang out with my grandparents. We'd play cards, and you'd give me a little nosh to hang out, and we watch TV shows together. But I was it. I was the center of their universe at that moment. And you know that as a child. You can feel that. You may not get that from a parent all the time.
1: Yeah, so. I, think you've had, I think you hit on something really important there, is they are the center of total center of attention with mm-hmm. the grandparent when they're with them. Yeah, and that's it's, special. It's, yeah,
2: it's it's a it's a unique time. So uh, God bless you. You've got you got you have a plethora to spread that around with. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. So if
0: Chris and I each want to write a book or maybe we'll write one together, can we lean on three tomatoes to publish our book or? Is it is it a close? Is it a
1: close? Yeah, yeah, we would love that. So, you know, one of the things that happened that came out of when I wrote my first book, Can You See Us Now, which I never expected this was going to happen. We ended up starting the Three Tomatoes Book Publishing as an offshoot of the Three Tomatoes. And it's two years old this month, and we have uh, published 21 books, which is wow. pretty extraordinary, and That's about crazy. five audiobooks, including, and fortunately, Valerie small Joan, who I think is someone near and dear to both of you. <laughs> you <heard> of her? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. she's uh, she ha- is heading up our our, our uh, uh, audiobook group. In fact, she was oh. the one she wrote me. She said, you know, you need to add audiobooks to this, too. I could do that. And it's great and you know audiobooks are now the fastest growing part of the book industry and they're actually now audiobooks actually outsell ebooks now which is pretty impressive
0: really wow so
1: um yeah yeah that's
0: because that's because people can't read anymore yeah well that
1: that too Well, they that sit in a lot deadly. more traffic
2: too every day. So, you know, obviously, but so Rick, uh, I'm looking at the clock here as our lovely zoom uh, meeting time. Do we want to do the, okay. uh, the, the uh, lightning round? Sure. Can you want to explain it to Cheryl? Well, I mean, it's it's uh it's it's not really a tough quiz here, Cheryl. We just,
1: <laughs> oh thank goodness. <laughs> we just
2: throw out a question and basically uh, as short sure an answer as possible. It's up to you. Uh, some of the choices are simple, but it's kind of fun and it gives us a little insight into you know who you are yeah. and where you're coming from and what your opinions and thoughts are. So, Rick, you have the first one or.
0: Uh, sure. Actually, you were filling time for me, which I really appreciate it, because I lost my copy. And this is what to print I do. One. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, Cheryl, this is our lightning round. There are no oh. wrong answers and there are no right answers. So let's hear what you got. Your first kiss.
1: Oh, yeah. I was 12 years old. Oh my goodness. And his name was William. And we had gone upstairs in my aunt's house and we were coming down the stairs and just as we had to turn he kissed me oh, oh my, my goodness. goodness i still remember that first kiss it was it was pretty <laughs> awesome
2: and it it Twelve. was it was wait it was a lip lock kiss or on a cheek was it a lip lock kiss was it on the lips no
1: it was a lip kiss wow. yeah was my first lip kiss oh william from a go boy. William. yes yes that william
2: that <laughs> william was rocking it all right this way you have to go back a little bit to a totally different type of question. The first president you ever voted for.
1: Ooh,
2: they've got to do some math see. here, probably. I
1: have to think about
2: that. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> math there's math involved. When were you able to vote for the first time, et cetera, et cetera? Oh
1: well, let me. So it was actually 1968 was the first time I voted for a president.
2: You feel like you yeah. don't want to tell us who it was, <laughs> or does that even matter? Well, who I'm would try? I uh,
1: was it Lyndon I'm Johnson to think or no? Who it was. It was
0: nixon was no right. it
1: wasn't johnson it would have been
0: richard nixon. I, I did
1: not vote i did not vote for nixon and I'm, okay. I'm trying to think who ran against him but he didn't win Was it, um, it might have been mcgovern i remember it was the first time i ever had a serious argument with my father who couldn't believe i, I was gonna <laughs> no. waste my vote on this person it okay. could have been mcgovern actually probably yeah,
0: was might have this one will be a lot easier for you
1: <laughs> oh Mets, thank goodness
0: sorry about that <laughs> Mets or Yankees
1: well I have to be a Mets fan because my husband is so we, we have to keep you know things
2: keep calm the peace. in the
1: household <laughs> it, doesn't
2: always, it doesn't always go that
1: way even right. though even though my dad was a major Yankees fan so I grew up I grew up with, uh, so Yanke- with, oh, the, with the Yankees go Yankees team right. but um
2: yeah. Here's a fun yes. one. Red, white, or rosé? All.
1: All three. <laughs> yeah.
2: I joined, I, I'm in the same club, apparently.
1: <laughs> All three.
2: All right. So much for choices.
1: <laughs> Someone sent me this joke yesterday. Uh, let me see if I can't, if I, hopefully I won't screw it up. And it said, would you rather be, would you rather be skinny or give up wine? And then the answer okay. is you know, red or white. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I screwed it yeah. up.
0: <laughs> My college roommate used to say, I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy choice. There you go. Okay, next question. And along those lines, Looking at life, glass half empty or half full. I know the answer, but go ahead.
1: Oh, I'm always I'm always a, a glasses half full yeah. kind of a yeah. person. I'm the eternal optimist.
2: Uh now yeah. we're going back again. We're throwing you back into the sixties again. John oh, Paul man. John Paul George O'Ringo.
1: Or oh, Paul. Oh my gosh. Oh, right. I your Paul. Okay. Paul girl.
2: Like that, that makes sense. You join you were with a lot of people, I think.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually. Not that I'm being interviewed, but that's my choice, too.
1: <laughs> He's still adorable. so <laughs> He's amazing. Yes, he, is. he is. He is. He is amazing.
0: Cheryl, celebrity crush. Ever. I
1: really don't. I, oh, ever. 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 I don't know. We probably have to be Paul because that's the only one I can think of right now.
0: Was it, there was I, no... loved,
1: uh, I love Paul Newman. I oh, love Robert a... Redford. Yeah. Right, uh, okay.
2: I was gonna mention that. You know, Brad action.
1: Pitt is, you know, pretty good too.
2: <laughs> He's okay. Yeah, you know, they like that kind of thing. How about a choice? Would you rather do a Zoom call or a phone call?
1: Well, that's interesting. I, I, I do like Zoom because I like to be able to see people and I think mm-hmm. you just make a better connection. But there are some days because I think we've all gotten so zoomed out lately mm-hmm. that it's really kind of refreshing. <laughs> so it right. just says let's just pick up the and talk which is nice because then you don't have to worry about putting makeup on yeah. and how you look and all that stuff
0: chris went out had his hair done today for this. yes i got a haircut just, i know just, and he just, looks just,
1: great because i can see you guys you're looking good thank
0: you <laughs> but you know when you do these and Zoom
2: look, things some- People are always looking behind you. They're like, well, what has he got up there in the wall?" And what's on, yeah,
1: what's on the wall?
0: Oh, Jesus! Exactly. Yeah, I know. That is one of the. It's a little disturbing Listen, distracting. maybe Jackie Gleason knew something way back when when he said, "Bang, zoom to the moon."
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> ah, zoom to the moon. I get it. All right, uh, <laughs>
2: those jokes are coming. It's. I think it's time to say goodbye, Rick. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But Cheryl, I just, uh,
1: wish we, I just wish we had all bought stock in Zoom. That's what yeah, I wish. Yeah,
2: about. me too. <laughs> uh, hindsight in is Amazon. wonderful. Yeah, hindsight's great in the market. But thanks for stopping by again, Cheryl. It's always nice to see you. Uh, hopefully, the thank next you. Time I'm you I'm guys you are great.
0: Don't forget to tip your waiters and waitresses.
2: Thanks for being here all week. But Cheryl, thanks again. Best of your family, those grandkids. And uh, the rest of the thank gang and the, and the three tomatoes uh, stay well thank and continue so success. Much. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah,
1: and Good luck thank, with the book. Thank you. All right.
2: Yeah. Cheryl's always nice to uh, hear from uh, does a great job. And I'm so happy for this second book that's coming
0: out and the way it's yeah, set up, yeah. I think
2: there's going to be more than uh, more than two. I think the, the hits keep coming from her.
0: I think it'll be a TV series at some point. That's I'm so. sorry. A Netflix series. That's true. <laughs>
2: Any kind of series, <laughs> who knows where it'll be, but yeah. it, it's somewhere because, yeah, I mean,
0: it, because a lot of people can identify with it and really proud because I bought her book and I've actually started reading it. You read it? I know. Can you believe it? Wow. It's, it's, you know, one of the things I loved about the pandemic, though, I didn't necessarily like the choices that I chose was being able to read because hmm. uh, I haven't done it in a long time but uh, I read Mary Trump's book, which was great. Mm -hmm. That was a good, that was a good read. But anyway, yeah, no, I got Cheryl's book because I really wanted to support her. And, uh, and somebody, you know what, maybe you and I are going to write a book or separate Mm -hmm. books, and maybe she can publish for us. No, that's an exciting proposition. And, you know,
2: she's gotten it done before. So at least you know, you're dealing with a pro here.
0: (laughs) Yes, she is. And you know what, and this book is great. And if you're a woman of a certain age or a guy of a certain age, and you're interested in relationships of people our age, you may want to pick this up. It's called Can You Hear Us Now? A Novel by Cheryl Benton and Three Tomatoes. As
2: opposed to uh, Can You See Us Now? Which was her first book. So I'm suspecting, can you feel feel us now? Can you uh, something? I don't know what's coming next. There's got to be something. What other? uh, Can you you smell us now? That
0: wouldn't be good. (laughs) No, That's, when we get older, it's going to be. Can you change us
2: now? Yeah, that, that'll be up next. <laughs> can you carry me now? No, yeah. Uh, this poor woman was just on doing a wonderful job, and these two beautiful books she's written. And this is this is what we're doing to it. But there was a uh, there was something you were you know talking oh, yeah.
0: about earlier. I will try and read it if I can. It's a passage from her book, and I'll read it to you. And if tomorrow never comes, I will die happily knowing that I was one of the fortunate ones who found true love, that I was one of the lucky ones who had friends beside me in the good times and the bad times. And I will die happily knowing that I was far from perfect, but gave it my best shot. Please do not weep for me when I'm gone, but remember me with smiles and laughter. When you think about all the good times we shared, and toast me with a perfectly dry martini from Mm. time to time as well Mm -hmm. that's from cheryl benton's book can you hear us now
2: yeah i think i think that pretty well says a reflection on life you know when we hit a certain age obviously and it's that's very that's a very honest way of expressing where you hope and we can all hope to be remembered as very humble as well so uh but she's, she's always a great guest i love her positivity And I love the, you know, the moving forward, constantly just moving forward and and just trying to really enjoy the moments. And I think she does a great job with that. So it was great to have her on. You
0: know what? And we've never even really discussed her past career. She was an icon in advertising. Yeah. And so maybe sometime we'll talk about that. But it's it's interesting to hear what her point of view is as she and we all get a little bit older and as she looks back on women aging gracefully. And together.
2: I like the, I like the term little that you put in there a little bit older. So <laughs> with that, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a little bit older and I'm going to say, uh, sunshine, always please stay safe out there. Stay smart. And uh, we'll see you
0: next time. He's Chris Semino. I am Rick Summers and we're on the belief podcast network. This is middle Age warriors. And I want to say, be good, feel good. Have a great day, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and we will talk to you again sometime soon. Bye.
2: Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, we're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at believe.com, that's blea com, and at Believe Podcast.